Now you guys know we're in week three, uh, or week two actually, of a series that we're calling Summer at City Hope. And it's, it's just various topics that we're going to talk about through, uh, throughout the whole summer. And today I want to give you a state of the church update. I want to take a break from what I normally do on the weekend and kind of show you where we've been over the last 17 months and where we're going. And then I want to I share a, a, a message with you at the end today uh, uh, really about the, the racial divide in our nation and what God is saying to us about that, okay? All right, y'all ready? So here we go. I want to kick off with... Um, Proverbs 29, 18. It's a, it's a scripture that talks about vision and it says if people can't see what God is doing, they will stumble all over themselves. So what I want to do today is I want to show you what God's doing so you don't stumble, right? So we, we, we know what God's doing at church and what he's doing. So, we, so we, we, can, we can see the vision and know where we're headed. But I also want to show you what he's revealing to us so that we'll be blessed. Y'all want to be blessed? I want to be blessed. I want, I want his blessing on my life. So I want to attend to what he reveals to us today. And, and the first thing I want to do is celebrate some numbers. I like numbers because, uh, here's why. It sounds cliche, but I like numbers because every number has a name. Every name has a story. And every story matters to God. Numbers have a story and they matter to God. So I want to share some numbers with you. And the first one is this. Over the last 17 months as a church, 1,073 people have came through the doors for the very first time and filled out a connection card. Y'all, that's pretty awesome right there. Yeah. That doesn't even represent uh, individuals. That represents families. It could, it could be one card could represent several people. And so... A lot of folks have trusted us and walked through the doors and, and, and they've heard the gospel. They've been ministered to. And then, uh, this is one of my favorites, 306 jail ministry connection cards have been filled out. That is 306 people who've been in Wichita County Jail have been ministered to through a ministry program we have here. They've heard the gospel. They filled out a connection card. They've been prayed for by name. They've been written a card and they love it when they get a card from City Hope in the mail. Y'all, 306 people, inmates, have been ministered to. Let's give God thanks for that. Yeah. And then, and then 643 steps in growth track. Uh, uh, 415 new members here at the church in the first 17 months. That's people who said, I love this. I want to join the vision. I'm locking arms. I, I feel like God's calling me here. I want to make a difference, right? 415, then 65 baptisms. People who went all out with their faith, went public with their faith, 247 documented salvations. That's people who, who said yes to God, filled out a card, and let us know. That's not hands raised, that's literal people. 239 documented recommitments. People who said, I was far from God, Pastor, I'm coming back today. I'm coming back, so that's awesome. Now you might wonder, well, what do you do when, when somebody fills out one of those cards? Because every week I stand up here and I say hey if you made a decision for Christ today there's a connection card in your worship guide let us know about it so we can give you next steps I want to, I want to tell you three things we tell every person who gives their life to Christ we tell them man you, you need to get baptized be water baptized and you are blessed today because we're baptizing people today alright it's the first Sunday of every month and if you can go swimming in a public pool you can get baptized at church alright so we're going to baptize some folks and if you if you've been baptized before and it didn't take uh well we can baptize you again we'll baptize you again we can do that uh it's okay to be rebaptized. maybe you were baptized when you were a kid like me drifted from God 
and then you, you, you've kind of come back to God, you want to be rebaptized? We got you, okay? Oh man, I forgot my clothes today. I forgot my, my stuff to get baptized. It's all right because we, we've got everything you need. We have shorts for you. We have shirts for you. We've got underwear for you. We got bras for you. We got towels for you. You don't, you, you don't have to drip dry home. You can, you can get baptized today. We got you covered. We got you. So that's today. Um, and then we tell them, hey, get, get in a local church. Find somewhere you can get plugged into a local body of believers. And it doesn't have to be here. We'd be honored if it is. But if, if it's not, find somewhere. And, and for, for us here at, at church, uh, the way you get plugged in is through what we call growth track. And it's four steps that we do. We say, give us four Sundays of your life and we'll help you discover your purpose and, and live out that difference that God has for you. Today was going to be step one, but because, uh, because the air wasn't working, we didn't figure y'all wanted to be uh, locked up in a room with, with no air. So we just postponed that, okay? We're not going to do growth track today. I mean, we had to shift some things around a little bit. So we'll, we'll do that again very soon but growth track is the way you do that step one's all about vision discovering the vision of the church gives you an opportunity to join the church but then we tell people if you've made a decision to follow christ you've got to get in a group everybody say get in a group get in a group see that's where life change happens i say it this way life change doesn't happen in row in rows it happens in circles it happens when we get in a small group of people and, and we say, hey, I need you to pray for me. I'm, I'm dealing with some stuff. You, just, you take off the mask and you say, hey, I'm struggling in this area or my marriage needs help or I'm really battling this. That's where the life change begins to happen. And today we are launching our summer semester of small groups. So in your worship guide, there is an insert in there with every group that we have. And, and uh, you, can, you can reach out to those members. It's right there. Uh, it, it tells you what day it is, what time it is, and the location. You get more information when you go online. Okay, you go, go search our online directory. You can search by uh, all kinds of topics, zip codes, uh, like all kinds of things. Days of the week. Find a group to get in and, 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 and you'll see what I'm talking about. Get, we, we say it often around here. Give us a year of your life and watch what God will do. Start and get in a group. Amen? All right. So what we're on is we're just on a spiritual journey. We're trying to help people know God, find freedom, discover His purpose for their lives, and then they can go make a difference, right? I believe every one of you were called to make a difference. Every one of you were. And so the, the next thing I want to talk about is Serve Day, which is coming up on July the 11th. All right, this is facilitated through, through our small groups here at church. But how many of you were part of uh, Serve Day last year? Come on, where you at? Were you part of small, uh, Serve Day last year? Y'all make some noise if you were part of it. Like, yeah, you like? Yeah. So, so Serve Day is, is our way to just... In, we, we do it all throughout the year. First Saturday, we're, we're serving every, every first Saturday. But, but July the 11th is National Serve Day. We partner with thousands of other churches. And we, we just take care of the vulnerable, the oppressed, the widows, the orphans, right here in our own community. We, we're going to do whatever we can to take the gospel to people that day, to just be the hands and feet of Jesus. And so it is going to be an incredible day, and you need to be a part of it. Just mark your calendars for it. It's going to be awesome. But then right on the heels of that is one of our favorite times of the year, which is 21 days of prayer. Woo, come on, somebody. 
21 days of prayer some of you are going 21 days of prayer what yeah. all right we do it twice a year we love we love it so much we do it two times a year january and august this in january we do 21 days of prayer and fasting in august we do 21 days of prayer and feasting come on somebody we're going we're going to eat this time we're eating this time but it, uh, so 21 days at 6 a.m every morning six o'clock in the morning Last year, nearly 100 people were showing up every weekday morning to believe God to do a work in our city. Amen? Yeah. So that's August the 2nd through the 22nd. I want you to be, want you to be putting that on your calendar, getting ready for that. You'll be hearing more about it in the weeks ahead. So that's kind of a quick, a quick snippet of where we're headed over the next several weeks and months. What I want to do right now is kind of I want, I want to hit on a core value for us that is extravagant generosity. And I want to just brag on you as a church for how generous you've been over the last five months. I'm talking from January 1. Just kind of show you what your giving has done and, and, and what it's doing around the world. So you may have heard me say before that the first dollar given here at church, the first 1% of every dollar goes to Israel. Every, every month... We're supporting a ministry in Israel called Abraham's Bread. And most of the ministries that we've supported I'm, I'm, that I'm going to tell you about today, they've had to pivot. They've had to change what they've been doing because of COVID. All right? So in Israel, before COVID, they were already feeding hundreds of people a week through their feeding program. They were feeding Holocaust survivors. They're feeding uh, families that, that were in need and impoverished. And not just Jews, but also Arabs. So the, the, there's no discrimination there. They're feeding everybody. They're, they're feeding uh, immigrants that, have, uh, that, that don't have supplies right now. And so when, when COVID hit, the unemployment rate jacked up to 30% in Israel. And now, was, and now there, was, uh, there, there was shelter in place and people used to come eat at their facilities. They couldn't do that anymore. They had to pivot and start delivering meals to all of to all of their clients hundreds and thousands a week and your giving helped make that happen it helped them pivot and it helped them get all the supplies that they needed the trays and the to-go stuff and the catering and 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 pay for all of the delivery services it was your giving that helped make that happen and then you look to cuba where we support a ministry there called proclaim cuba and the same thing happened in cuba um, they had to pivot and and Cuba, you know, they're a communist nation. And so when COVID hit, it really exposed a lot of their insufficiencies in the government. The government could no longer take care of the people. All right, it was hit so hard. Do you remember what it was like here in Wichita Falls when, when COVID hit and you couldn't find toilet paper? <laughs> remember when you, it was like, where's the green beans at? Where's the rice? Stuff was off the shelf. Okay, that was a real thing for us, but we had stockpiles. We had warehouses full here in America. Not so in Cuba. They don't have that. And so we've been able, because of your generosity, uh, through Proclaim Cuba, they've been able to continually take care of about 567 people to make sure they're getting food and the necessities that they need to live on. Come on, let's give God praise for that because of you. And, and then the same thing is going on in, in Uganda where we support Simone's kids. You see this picture of a young man who is receiving some, some food. What's his food? Rice, beans. That's his food. And, and 
you know, we, we typically support their education. We support, help support medical for them and, and clean water. All of those kinds of things through Simone's kids. They've pivoted and they've just been focused on getting food to people. Let's just take care of their, their basic need of food and water. And they've been doing that. And, um, and so I'm proud of you for giving because you're accelerating their vision, their opportunity to make a difference in those, in those places. And then right here in America... We've helped plant 24 churches since the beginning of this year. All right, 24 churches have been planted with hundreds of people saying yes to Jesus in the first, in the first few months. And then on top of that, we've been able to bless some pastors, uh, actually two pastors here locally that, that I'm friends with uh, that I knew were just going through some hard times. City Hope just wrote them a check. Not for their church, for them personally just to take care of them just to love on them and and we help support uh, a pastor uh, who died recently his family in south carolina and it's your giving that is taking care it's helping plant churches it's helping revitalize churches it's caring for pastors come on y'all i feel like i'm fired up about it right i'm pumped and in local missions what we're doing here in wichita falls just to be the hands and feet of jesus uh, the, really that's all we're trying to do and yesterday just to show you yesterday uh, 480 people received a meal because of your giving at Sputter Park people were ministered to the love of Jesus went out yesterday in our community and that was because of your giving and so I, I want to show you this that in total so far just this year just since January 1 of this year City Hope Church has been able to invest $37,999.12 outside of the walls of our church into places like Israel, Cuba, Uganda, locally, nationally. That's awesome. And that is because of your giving. That's because of your giving. Actually, it's a little bit more than that with our outreach yesterday, but I didn't count that. So we would have broke $38,000. That's so cool. Uh, last year, just to put it in perspective, last year at this time, we were nearly half of that. That's your giving that's making a difference, y'all. And I'm proud of you, so proud of you. And I want to thank you for your generosity. I want to I just take a moment to say that we made a decision when we started our church. Uh, we we uh, always wanted to have money set aside. We wanted to have a surplus. We didn't want to spend everything that came in for opportunities and obstacles. Okay, right now, during, during COVID, there's, it's been an obstacle. And so we've been able to bless. We've, been able, we've not had to put pressure on people to give. That's been our heart. And, and so we've, we've had that surplus. And we've made it through this pandemic without putting pressure on anybody. And that's, that's always been our heart. We don't want to be a church that pressures people to give. So uh, it's because of your generosity that we're able to do that. So I want to say thank you. And, and I want to I do this now. I want to tell you a little bit about our Cedar Elm campus, all right? Who's pumped about Cedar Elm moving over there? Woo! Yeah. So Cedar Elm is a new building that we signed a five-year lease for, okay? And uh, I'm just gonna celebrate this with you because part of our negotiations with the owners of the building uh, was uh, that they agreed to fund up to $375,000 in renovations to the building, not our money, their money that they're going to put into that building to get it up to standards for us. Y'all, that's what I call the favor of the Lord. Come on, that's pretty awesome. 
so good and um and so what that does is it allows us to to use our resources and our money to uh, for things that we need like furnishings like church chairs that are a little bit nicer than these folding chairs i know y'all love them and you probably don't want us to get new ones but you know we're just thinking about maybe maybe we get some new ones uh just to put it in perspective 700 new chairs cost about twenty seven thousand dollars all right so um and that's at a really good deal so we have about $350,000 worth of vision just to get into the building. That gets us in there comfortable. Not, not 100% complete, but comfortable. And so that gets us in there with audio, video, lighting equipment that we don't have, that we need, uh, furniture and, uh, and uh, church chairs and cafe equipment and kids equipment and all of those kinds of things. And so the good news is this, $90,000 of that has already been given, all right? And so that leaves us with a vision gap of $260,000 that remain. And so I'm telling you that because I want to give you an opportunity, no pressure appeal, to give towards the building. And so on July the 19th, we're going to do an offering that we're calling Heart for the House. All right? Heart for the House, where, where it's a one-time offering. You can give towards that if you feel like the Lord is leading you to and we can make a dent in that, uh, that number, amen? So uh, if, you, if you were here last year, you probably heard me say, hey, we, we only do one special offering a year and if you keep coming to City Hope, then you know we're, we're gonna stay true to our word but because of the situation this year, we're gonna do two special offerings this year, all right? We're still gonna do the one in December that we call Legacy and if you remember last year, we gave, I think it was out of that offering, we gave uh, nearly $30,000 of that away, okay? And we put 40000 of that towards the building. So we gave a big portion of that away. This heart for the house, 100% of it will go towards the, uh, the building, all right? So I wanna let you know about that, and you can pray. And here's what I wanna say. I want you to hear my heart here, is that I know that some of you have been affected by COVID. You've lost a job, or maybe you've, uh, you've been... Uh, your income's been reduced and we would never ever ever stand up here and put pressure on you ever to give i don't want i don't want you to feel that at all i know that some of you are, are hurting right now and you might need help and we want to help you but then some of you you've been blessed your income's not been affected and you can you can give all right and so i just want to put that out there and ask you to pray and consider that ask the lord what he wants you to do and just obey it because here's the deal we're going to get into a permanent building and we're going to keep seeing god change lives we're going to keep seeing him restore marriages he's going to keep delivering the addicts he's going to keep uh uh, uh, saving the lost he's going to keep making a difference through city hope church and and i'm looking forward to that day all right it's just going to keep happening so, so no matter what the vision, no matter how big our vision is, our commitment is we're only going to move at the speed of the generosity, all right? That's how we move, all right? So if it's there, we move with it. If it's not, we don't move, okay? So you have a role. I just want you to know you have a role in that, and, and part of that's generosity. So just ask the Lord what he wants you to do, all right? So uh, before I move on, just as a point of transition, kind of helps me, <laughs> We all celebrate one more time everything God has done at church through City Hope. Yeah. Amen. All right. So today, uh, today I really, I want to bring a message that's been heavy on my heart. If you're watching online, um, thank you for joining us. 
Um, this past week, I spent some time in, in the Wichita Mountains on a prayer retreat, and I spent the good portion of most of that time on this part of the message. And uh, here's the deal. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, I don't think God really cares about how much money we spend on a building, a renovation. I don't think he cares about what we're doing for outreach. I, I really don't think he cares about statistics and numbers when at the end of the day, there's still racism and prejudice and oppression in our nation. I just don't think he cares about all that stuff when at the end of the day, that's, that's still going on. And so today, I want to talk about what's on everybody's mind. I want to talk about what everybody else seems to be talking about. And that's part of the problem is that most of us have an opinion. And, and the problem is that uh, we know what opinions are like. Everybody has one and they all stink. I'm talking about trash cans, by the way. All right. Everybody has one and they all stink. And so today, this message is not an opinion. Today's message, as always, is, is Bible. Okay? I'm not talking opinion, I'm talking Bible. It's not a political message, it is a biblical message. It's not a Democrat-Republican message, it's not a police-riot message, it is a Bible message. We're going to have a conversation today, a discussion today, about what the Bible has to say about the sin of racism and the unity that we need to see in the local church. Can I get a witness? Okay? Amen. So... I want to be very clear at the beginning. I want, I want to just leave no room for misinterpretation. And I want to be very clear when I say that as your pastor, Ben and Annalise Murray and our family and this church will not tolerate racism of any kind. We won't do it. We will stand up for those who are oppressed. We will stand up for those who are vulnerable. We will stand up for those who are marginalized. We will stand up for those who live on the wrong side of the tracks. We'll do it. And my hope and my prayer is that we'll become even a more diverse church than what we already are. It's not enough for me where we are right now. Come on, somebody. It's not enough. We intentionally sang in Spanish today. It's something that's been on my heart from day one. I wanted to see it happen. I want, I want us to be a church that's multi-ethnic, that is multicultural. And we won't apologize for taking this stand. But our conversation has to start somewhere. We have to begin somewhere. So just so you know, some of the things that, that I'm doing as your pastor is I'm having conversations with pastors of color in our city. It's a coalition of us who are getting together and we're having conversations and we're meeting with the police chief and we're meeting with people in office in our community. And we want to see a change. We want to see revival happen. But here's the deal. It has to start with the church first. It has to start with us. I'm having conversations with people within our church. I'm, uh, I'm hosting a co-leading a small group with Tim and Gwen Turner called The Third Option. It's a small group about racial reconciliation. It's going to begin in the church. Amen? 
It's going to start here. I pray it starts in Wichita Falls. Let it start here, Lord. And so you probably noticed I'm wearing a hoodie today when it's 100 degrees outside. It's hot. It's my favorite hoodie. I love this hoodie. But here's the deal. I've never, pre- I've never been judged because I wear a hoodie. No one has ever called the police on me because I was a strange white man walking down their neighborhood wearing a hoodie. But that call is made frequently for part of our family. Are y'all listening? Hashtag, I'm listening. And so this is my favorite hoodie because right here on the front, it says, in in Wichita Falls as it is in heaven that's actually a saying that we derive from the Lord's prayer you know the Lord's prayer alright it says our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name kingdom come will be done on earth here as it is in heaven and, and, and so you might have that prayer memorized maybe you learned it at VBS maybe you learned it in kids church or you learned it on a sports team and you said it before you, you took the field but have you given a lot of thought to on earth as it is in heaven have you thought about that lately and if you don't know the Lord's prayer it might not make sense to you on earth as it is in heaven what does that mean so I thought we would just say it all together today we would, we would recite the Lord's prayer and if you don't know it I got you the words are on the screen alright it's Matthew chapter 6 and it says our father who art in heaven y'all say it with me hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen isn't that beautiful it's such a beautiful prayer it's, it's, it just kind of rolls off the tongue right but that's, that's partly the problem is it's, it's beautiful it's nice in your grandmother's house as she crocheted it and, and framed it and hung it on the wall I mean it's, it's just beautiful she's got a little coaster on her, on her end table that has it on there oh it's beautiful that's part of the problem because we, 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 we breeze through it we don't really pay attention to the words on earth as it is in heaven I remember when I was I was a chaplain for a football team, high school, of course, uh, back in Alabama. The Good Hope Raiders. And, and I was the chaplain for the football team. And they would say the Lord's Prayer before and after their games. And it was kind of like their, their token prayer, right? And this is how they said it. They would huddle up, take a knee. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. We forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, power, glory, forever. Amen. Power. Right? You heard that. Power. Love you guys watching in Alabama. And what I noticed, though, is that, hey, it's just, it's just kind of rote. It's just routine. They just, just pray it. They, they don't really know what we're saying do we even really know what we're praying here? And, and so today I want to focus on the words on earth as it is in heaven. 
in Wichita Falls as it is in heaven. So if we're going to pray that prayer, Lord, let your kingdom come, let your will be done here as it is there, then we probably need to know what there looks like. What, what does heaven look like? So I have four questions I want to lead you through today. And the first one is, what, what does heaven look like? If God wants his will to be done here like it is there, then what does there look like? Well, we have to go to the book of Revelation. This is John. John, was, John called himself Jesus' favorite disciple. Jesus didn't have favorites, but John called himself that, the apostle that the Lord loved, right? And, and, and he thought he was Jesus' favorite. He was, he was exiled to an island and he wrote this book and, and he saw Jerusalem coming down some of you might know the song talking about John John the Revelator saw Jerusalem coming down I'm talking about John alright southern gospel folk you would know that okay this is that John the Revelator he wrote this book and he said after I looked I, I saw before me there was a great multitude there were so many people in heaven that I I couldn't count them nobody could count the people that were there and and there were people from every nation that means that means blacks whites reds yellows were there they were there from every tribe blacks whites reds yellow they were there from every people every language was in heaven it was a beautiful sight and 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 they were there before the throne standing before the lamb segregated into their different people groups is that what it says no they were there waiting on their bus to ride. They were there waiting for their water fountain. Come on, somebody. No, it doesn't say that. It says they were there with robes, white robes, and they were waving palm branches, getting ready to have a praise party in heaven. So, so heaven, what does heaven look like? It's beautiful with people of every color and every race and every tribe and every language. Pe- people, people not like us are in heaven. That's what heaven looks like are you with me it's beautiful so that's what heaven looks like and and i want to i want to be very clear when i say this to you today like like if you if you have a problem with people on earth if, if heaven is this place with such beauty and color of people if you have a problem with people on earth then then you are gonna be in for a rude awakening when you get to heaven if you get to heaven I just messed up some of y'all's theology. I said, you're going to be in for a rude awakening when you get to heaven, if you get to heaven. Are you, Pastor Ben, are you saying if I don't love people, I won't get into heaven? No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. Jesus said that. <laughs> Jesus said that. In, in Matthew, he goes on to say this in verse, in chapter 7, he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Jesus, Jesus, remember me? Not everybody who does that will enter the kingdom of heaven. Who's going to enter the kingdom of heaven then? The one who does the will of the Father. Where's the Father? In heaven. So Jesus says we ought to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done, right? And now here he's saying, but only, only the one who does the will of the Father who's in heaven gets to go to heaven. So here's my next question. What's the will of the Father? 
he wants me to pray for his will to be done his kingdom to come all right i know that now i know that heaven is beautiful with people of all color and all races i know that so then then how what's the will how do i get there what's the will of the father here's the will found in matthew chapter 22 jesus replies they're trying to trip him up what's the greatest commandment and he says the greatest commandment is to love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind this is the first and the greatest commandment and then he says this the second one is just like it love your neighbor as you love yourself love your who your neighbor so the will of the father is that i love god and i love people and jesus says all of the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments another way to say it is everything else you do in life doesn't matter if you don't love God and love people you can do all the works you want you can serve all you want you can join the dream team and small groups you 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 can you can go preach the gospel to the to, to the ends of the earth but if you don't love God and you don't love people nothing else really matters all of Christianity all of this book hangs on do you love God do you love people Man, I'm preaching better than y'all are amen. In other words, nothing else matters if you don't love God and love people. Our mission at church is this. Love God, love people, give hope. Love God, love people, give hope. Let me say it this way to you. If you don't love God, you can't love people. If you don't love people, you can't love God. Pastor, you're, you're bold today. You're stepping on my toes. What are you saying to me? Or, 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 I'm, what I'm, 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 again, I'm not saying it. I'm just reading the Bible. I told you it's going to be biblical. And I agree with the Bible. John, the, the revelator, the one who saw heaven coming down, who said how beautiful it was. In First John, he says this, if we love, we love because he first loved us. He says that if you claim to love God, but you hate a brother or sister, you're a liar. You don't love God. Whoa. And he, he says, for whoever doesn't love their brother or sister, whom they have seen, they can't love God whom they have not seen. So anyone who loves God must also love his brother and sister. How do you really know if you love God? If you love your brother and sister. If you love your neighbor. So Jesus said the greatest commandment was his will for us, the will of the Father. Love God. Love your neighbor as yourself. So my third question is who's my neighbor? Who's my neighbor? Who am I supposed to love? I mean, is it the person who acts like me, who talks like me, who dresses like me, who lives like me? Is it, is it the person who, who sits beside me at school? Is it, is it my professor? Who, who is my neighbor? And, and in, in Luke chapter 10, Jesus tells us who the neighbor is through the, the story, the parable of the Good Samaritan. Jesus tells this story he says there was once a man who who was traveling from Jerusalem and he was he was on his way to Jericho and on the way there he was attacked 
by robbers. They took his clothes, they beat him up, and they went off leaving him half dead. Luckily, oh, thank God for pastors. Pastor came by, but when he saw him, what did he do? He went the other way. But, but thank God there are good Christian people who serve on the dream team and they're in small groups and they came and the Bible says that they went the other way and then a Samaritan a Samaritan to this Jew that Jesus is talking to it would have been like a slap in the face a Samaritan was a mixed race they didn't get along, Jews and Samaritans. They didn't get along. It was a racial issue. And so Jesus says to this religious scholar, he says the Samaritan traveling the road came and he saw him. And when he saw the man's condition, he didn't turn and go the other way. He went out. His heart went out to the man and he gave him first aid and he bandaged his wounds. He disinfected his wounds and he lifted him up onto his donkey and he led him to the hotel, the inn, and he made him comfortable there. And then in the morning, he took out two silver coins. He grabbed his credit card and he gave it to the clerk at the front desk and he said, hey, just take care of their tab. Whatever they do, just put it on my card. I got them. If it costs any more, just put it on my bill and I'll take care of it on the way back. And so Jesus says, what do you think? Which of the three became the neighbor to the man attacked by robbers? And, and the religious scholar said, the one who treated him kindly. And Jesus said, just go and do the same. Who's my neighbor? Who's my neighbor? See, here's, here's, here's the problem that I'm seeing in our culture and in our society is that we, we're relabeling people. You know, like, like we, we, we've gotten comfortable dehumanizing people. We'll say something like this. He's not my neighbor. He's a drug addict. He's not my neighbor. He's a punk. No, 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 they're not my neighbor. They're illegal immigrants. Oh, they're not my neighbor. Not my responsibility. And we've relabeled them so that we don't have to take care of them. They're not my neighbor. That's somebody else's problem. Am I preaching today? So who's my neighbor? It's everybody who doesn't look like me. It's everybody that I come across. It's everybody that I deal with on, on a day-to-day basis. It's, it's, it's everybody. Everybody is my neighbor. I don't get to pick and choose who my neighbors are. I don't get to pick and choose that. So, so now I know what heaven looks like. I, I, I know what the will of the Father is for me. I'm supposed to love God and love my neighbor. I know who my neighbor is. My neighbor is everybody. I get that now, Pastor. But what do I do? How do I love? How do I do it? How do I love people? How, how do I put this into practice? 
I never thought you'd ask. I want to I give you three, three ways that we can do it. Simple. Yo, I want you to know, I, I, when I say I spend a lot of my time on my prayer retreat, I was there almost three full days, and a good portion of it was on this message. I wrote it and rewrote it and wrote it and rewrote it, gathering my thoughts. And I'm just a simple guy. That's all I am. I'm just simple, and I don't know how to communicate other than just giving you some simple steps. Found in Micah chapter 6, verse 8. He's shown you, O mortals. He has shown you, O America. He has shown you, O Wichita Falls, what is good. And because he's shown you what heaven looks like, he's shown you what his will is, he's shown you who his neighbor is. What does he want from you? He wants you to act justly. He wants you to love mercy. And he wants you to walk humbly. That's what he wants. He wants you to acknowledge that racism is a sin problem, not a skin problem. He wants you to speak up for those who can't speak for themselves. He wants you to ensure justice for those who are being crushed. He wants you to stand up for those who are marginalized and vulnerable, for those who don't look like us. He wants you to, to act justly. He wants you to, number two, love mercy. We, we love mercy for us. But, you know, I mean, I don't want mercy for everybody else they need to pay for what they did we want, we want judgment for everybody else but when it comes to us I need some mercy Jesus said do unto others as you would have them do unto you if you want mercy guess what show mercy if you want mercy, show mercy. Zechariah said it this way, that what the Lord Almighty says is to administer true justice, to show mercy and compassion to one another. Don't oppress the poor, the widow, the foreigner, the one who is different than us. Don't, don't oppress, don't plot evil. Number three, now that we know all this, he wants us to walk humbly. To walk humbly. That just means I'm, I'm going to remove all the pride from my life. I'm just a nobody from East Tennessee. Just like everybody else. I'm just a good old boy who ain't never been nowhere. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to walk humbly. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to claim my independence. I'm going to claim my dependence. God, I need you. I'm dependent on you. I can't do this without you. I need your presence in my life. I'm going to walk humbly with God and I'm going to ask him some tough questions. I'm going to ask him to search my heart for any trace of prejudice, for any trace of favoritism. Prejudice is 
prejudgment. Where I prejudged somebody. Lord, show me. Speak to me. Touch my heart. Do something in me. Work inside of me. Ask God to work in your life. Ask God to show you things that you can't see. Ask God to reveal your blind spots. Do you know why they call it a blind spot? Because you can't see it. It's a blind spot. Reveal to us where we're deceived. You know why they call it deception? Because you're deceived. You don't know you're deceived. Reveal to me the areas that I need you to work in my life. While you might not be personally responsible for what's going on in our nation today. We are responsible as the church. That might be a tough pill to swallow. Maybe you didn't do anything personally. We're responsible as the church, as the body of Christ. We're responsible for what we want to see happen in our city. For what we want to see happen in our state, in our nation. It falls on us, the people of God. And if you want to see change, if you want God to move like never before, if you want to see revival, we've got to repent. Turn to God so that our sins may be wiped out in times of refreshing may come we need refreshing and we need refreshing one pastor coined the phrase vicarious repentance vicarious repentance means that I'm going to repent on behalf of the sins of somebody else the sins of people in my life the sins of my forefathers the sins of people around me I'm going to repent on behalf of other people vicarious repentance I'm going to feel the weight Lord let me feel the weight let break my heart for what breaks your heart break my heart for injustice break my heart for those who are vulnerable hurting oppressed and so today I want I want to see times of refreshing in our church, in our nation, in our city. I want to see it. And so I want to ask you, join me in prayer right where you are. Just bow your heads. And I'm going to lead us in prayer. I want you to pray yourself right where you are. And let's, let's repent. Let's turn from our ways. Let's turn from the way we've been doing things because it's not working. Let's turn to God. Lord, we ask you today. Father, we come before you burdened and hurt for those who are hurting. Hurt for those who are hurting. And God, we're asking you, would you forgive us as the church? Forgive us for not taking a stand when we could have taken a stand. Forgive us for agreeing with what's happened by being silent forgive us for allowing injustices to happen right before our eyes forgive us 
Would you cleanse us? Would you make us new? God, I'm, I'm just asking if for nobody else but for me, would you do a work in me, God? Do a work in my life. Do a work in my heart. Change my mind. Change my thoughts. Change the way that I live. I want to be your vessel. I want to be used for your kingdom, for your glory, for your honor. I want to see your kingdom come. Your will be done here on earth like it is in heaven. I want to see perfect unity, God. I want to see, I, I want to see you do a fresh work in us, God. I want to see that. We're asking you, would you forgive us so that the sins of our past, the sins of those before us could be forgiven and that times of refreshing could come to our land. Create in us a clean heart, oh God. Renew a right spirit within us. In Jesus' name. If you're here today, you say, Pastor, your head bowed, your eyes closed like... Ben, I'm, not, I'm, I'm far from God. I don't have a relationship with God. I'm desperate for Him today. I'm, I'm living my own life. I've been in control. I've been doing things the way I want to do it. Today, I'm ready, for, I'm ready for change. I'm ready to surrender. I'm ready to submit my life. I'm ready to give it all to God. I'm ready to quit doing it my way. I'm ready to turn it over to Him. If that's you, if you're ready to give your life to Christ today, to ready to surrender to Him today, I want you to just slip up your hand right where you are. Just say, that's me, Pastor Ben. I'm ready to go all in. Count me in I'm going all in today anybody here today say that's me count me in that prayer I'm surrendering from this moment on I, I'm, I'm his thank you thank you who else anybody else this is, this is not even an altar call about whether you're, you, you've got prejudices or racism. This is just an altar call to say, I'm, I, I'm, I'm going all in. I want to love God. I want to love people. I, I, I want to give hope. I want to I, I do his will. Who else? Thank you. Thank you. Come on, let's say this prayer together. Say, Jesus. Come on, let's say it boldly. Say, Jesus, I give my life to you. I'm yours. Will you forgive me? Transform me. Make me new. Give me a fresh start. Help me to love you with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind and strength. And help me to love my neighbor as myself. From this day forward, I will live for you the best that I know how. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God thanks today. Let's praise God. Let's praise God in this place. <laughs>